this morning we're going to get into the Word of God. And I prefaced it upon yesterday's cowardly attack against Israel on their holy day that came from Hamas, Hezbollah, radical Islam, and was aided by Iran. Many have described this attack as Israel's 9-11. What happened to us? As Christians, we support and are praying for Israel in their fight for survival. We are with them during the rise of anti-Semitism, which has increased by 35% in the last few years. And we're praying for them. We will be praying for them during this time of war. And so because of this attack and the lack of understanding in the public square, I think it's important for us as Christians to under, understand and to be reminded of the importance of our relationship to the Jewish people. And so I changed my message that I have prepared to speak this morning to a message I spoke about, I preached in about nine years ago. And in this message, I asked the question, why should Christians support Israel? Why is it important that we support the Jewish people and why is it critical for us to pray for them? Because many people look at, at what's going on in the Middle East and just say, well, it's just another war, it's just another uh, a bunch of people who are fighting against property and territory, etc., and so on. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it goes far beyond that, it has nothing specifically, in a sense, just to do with that. But it has to do with you and I as Christians and the people of God and God's promise to not only the Jews, but to you and I. I read an illustration where one day Queen Victoria of England asked her prime minister, Benjamin Disraeli, she asked him this question, Mr. Prime Minister, what evidence can you give me of the existence of God? Disraeli thought for a moment and then replied, The Jew, your majesty, because of the Jew. That was a profound statement because what he was saying was that he was direct, directly linking the Jewish people with God. In other words, you can't have one without the other because they are, in a sense, synonymous. The same thing when it comes to the Word of God and to God's creation. And so we understand today, as Christians, that Satan has been trying to cut off and destroy God's purpose for his creation, for the Jewish, uh, uh, the nation of Israel, since the Garden of Eden, to the days of Israel's bondage in Egypt, to World War II and Adolf Hitler and the Holocaust, murdering over six million Jews, and, and including this weekend's cowardly attack. It's all about spiritual warfare and the destruction of God's promise 
to his people and in essence, his promise to you and I as Christians. The survival of the Jewish people throughout history is a miracle of God. We can say amen to that because of all that they've been through. A miracle of God as they returned from, from their, their wandering to the promised land that God promised them in 1948. They came to that and took possession of that. Promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Through all they went through, they eventually came to achieve that promise that God made to them. And so what I've done for those of you who may be new to understanding the importance, we sing about it. You know, I will build my life upon your love. And, and the song that we sang, and it's about God's love for his people. The Jews that brought you and I into a place to be grafted in to the promises of God's word to the Jews. And it's because of the Jews that we have what we have today. And we cannot separate that fact. So I've entitled this message, uh, The Apple of His Eye. Out of Zechariah chapter 2 and in verse 8, this is what the prophet says from God. For this is what the Lord Almighty says. After the glorious one has sent me against the nations that have plundered you, for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. And so this scripture is speaking of God's presence speaking of God's uh, insight and, and foresight and promise that he had for the people of Israel and their protection. And it speaks uh, concerning uh, this scripture, the promises uh, and uh, the, the security that God says, I will bring to you the people of Israel. Someone said this, interesting insight, to this, this text that I read. He said, since the eye is the lens through which a person observes the world around them, God could also be saying this, that Israel is the lens through which he views and evaluates the world. And we understand uh, the purpose of the eye and the sensitivity of the eye in our physical bodies. The eye is one of the most sensitive and vulnerable parts of our bodies. We do whatever it takes to protect, protect our eyes. We blink to try and get uh, 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 particles out of them. We protect them from the sun by using sunglasses. We protect them when we're working by using safety glasses uh, and on and on. We protect our eyes because they are sensitive and vulnerable. This is the picture that we get from our text when God calls Israel the apple of his eye. And what he's saying is that he will do whatever it takes, whatever he needs to accomplish to protect his chosen people. Again in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 10, 
The Word of God speaks uh, of Israel as they're wandering through the desert, and God speaks, and He says that He will protect them because they are the apple of His eye. I will bless those who bless you, or I will curse those who curse you. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. Why is it important that we pray for Israel, that we support them in whichever way we can? And we have our, had our Israel, pray for Israel banner out there and it, got, it just got uh, tattered through the years. And so we've got a new one coming this week that we're going to be putting up. Because we do pray and support God's people. And so why should we? I want to go over some simple reasons why when people ask, when you talk to them about current events and what's going on, and if they say what difference does it make and why, why does it matter what's going on there, you have the, the tools to be able to answer them and to speak to them and maybe encourage them to do the same. So what are some of the reasons we should support Israel and the Jewish people? Simply because of Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Blessing or cursing, simply put. Which do we want? Which uh, do we want to take place in our life? Do we want to be blessed by God? I'm sure we do. Or do we want God's cursing upon our lives? And this is a word from God to humanity. God has promised to either bless or curse. So what does it mean when God says he will curse people? That's, those are heavy words. And we need to, have you ever cursed anyone? I hope not lately. In a sense. Well, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve and the serpent. Where God first speaks this word to Adam and Eve and the serpent. In Genesis chapter 3, you can just write these scriptures down. In verse 14 and 15, the Lord God said to the serpent after he deceived a man, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. And so God places a curse on Satan. And then in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, speaks to Adam. Then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, because Eve was deceived because she listened to the serpent instead of listening to God and instead of Adam listening to God. Here was the result. And you have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. And so here we read about God's cursing upon the serpent and the humanity, mankind. 
Adam and Eve chose to listen to the serpent, disobey God, and resulted in spiritual death and famine instead of God's blessing and eternity. So we need to understand when God curses, He does not curse people. All right? Get that straight in your mind and in your thinking. God does not curse people. But instead, what happens is that people, you and I, experience the effects of the curse uh, that took place in the garden. That's what takes place. We experience the disobedience of Adam and Eve and uh, what took place in their lives and uh, what was to follow because of their disobedience. That's the curse that we have. So we understand God doesn't curse people, but we inherit the curse of what the disobedience of Adam and Eve brought. In Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 12, the prophet writes, for the nations that refuse to be your allies will be destroyed. And that's exactly what happened in the garden. Adam and Eve refused uh, to align themselves with God and God's word and instead listened to the lies and deceptions of the evil one. And in doing that, they separated themselves from the blessing of God. We have also examples of those who obey God and uh, who support the people of God and uh, listen to the promises of God and honor the Jewish people in Acts chapter 10 and in verse 2. It's the story of Cornelius, the Gentile. And it says that Cornelius was a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius was a non-Jew, a Gentile, who expressed unconditional love for the people of God, for the Jewish people. He supported them. He gave alms to them. He provided for them in any way that he could, he and his household. And what was the result? of him honoring the Jews and honoring and providing for the Jewish people. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 31, God sends an angel, a man in shiny apparel, the Bible says, and speaks to Cornelius and says, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. And so what happened was, Cornelius was divinely chosen, this Gentile, this non-Jew, chosen and selected by God to be the first Gentile to receive the gospel as Peter comes. Uh, we know the story about the, 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 the sheet being dropped uh, as Peter's praying on the roof uh, with all the unclean animals and God says, eat and so on and so forth. And, and Cornelius, the Spirit of God speaks to Peter and says, go to this Gentile's house. And the result was that them being filled with the Holy Spirit, them being filled and receiving the good news of a risen Savior. Why? All because this non-Jew helped and supported is the Jewish people. 
You see, God blesses those that bless his people and curses those who curse his people. I don't want to be cursed. I don't want my family to be cursed. I don't want this ministry to be cursed. We pray and support the people of God. No matter what, full stop. That's a good reason to pray and support Israel so that we're not going to be cursed. Another reason to pray for and support Israel and the Jew is because the roots of our Christian faith are based upon Judaism. That's where we get what we pray and read about in the Word of God. What is Judaism? Well, here's a good definition that I got. It's a religion developed among the ancient Hebrews and characterized by belief in one, one, not many, one transcendent or supreme God who has revealed himself to Abraham, Moses, Moses and the Hebrew prophets and by a religious life in accordance with scripture and rabbinic traditions. So our faith, our Christian roots are based in Judaism, based upon Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets uh, and their experience with God and the writings of those experiences. Call the Old Testament. Without the Jews and Judaism, there would be no Christianity. Get that. Put that into your, your memory bank. Without the Jews and the Hebrews and Judaism, we would not have our faith as it is today. Here are several scriptures that remind us of the debt that we owe and the love we should show to the people of God. Romans chapter 15 and verse 27, the Apostle Paul writes, For if the Gentiles, you and I, have been partakers of their, meaning the Jews, spiritual things, their duty, our duty, is also to minister to them, the Jews, in material things. In other words, because we have been grafted into the blessings, the promises, the security and protection of the promises of God to the Jews and we've been grafted into that and we are partakers of that, then we should minister to them or share with them the blessings that we have in every aspect, whether spiritually or physically. That's what Paul is saying here. Because of what the Jews believe, because of their faith, we should support them. And that's exactly what Cornelius did, isn't it? Because Cornelius' household was blessed. And because he served and worshipped the one and only Jehovah God, God heard his prayers because he supported the people of God and brought blessing into his life. So we pray and support Israel because of God's promises to you and I through 
Judaism, his promises to the people of God. Another reason why we should pray and support Israel in light of all the opinions that are out there and the secular mindsets and the garbage that fills our, our, our learning institutions that, that diminishes or, or, or just tears down the people of God, we need to understand through God's word the importance as Christian believers why it's critical in this time because there's prophecy involved in what's going on, folks, when you go into the Old Testament. And when you start to look at what's taking place here, it is no surprise that this, uh, this, this deadly and cowardly attack happened uh, during the holy day that Israel was, was, was uh, preparing and, and involved with. We pray and support Israel because all of the authors of God's word were Jews. <laughs> they, were the, they, were, they were Jews, maybe with the exception of, of Luke, possibly. They were all Jews. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, Peter writes, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, oh, I think I'll write this down. I think I see it this way. This is my opinion. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what, what's in our word in the Bible. But he says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. By the prophets, by the, the, the men of God, those Jewish prophets. Our faith and our perspective on moral rightness as Christians is governed by God's word given to us by God's prophets, Jews. How many are blessed by the word of God? Are you blessed by the word of God? Because when you apply the Word of God in your life, it brings blessing. It brings help, guidance, direction. It brings wisdom and understanding for everyday life circumstances. And it's the Word of God that we have to bring guidance to us that came by the people of God, the Jews. That's why we need to support and pray for them. Another reason why we should pray and support the Jews and Israel is that our civil, judicial, and moral codes that we live by in this country are based on God's word. Now, I'm talking about the United States of America. Our civil, judicial, and moral codes are based upon the word of God. How do I know that? because I studied and looked it up. As you walk up the steps to the building, and we've been, a lot of us have been to, to Washington, D.C., and the different uh, buildings that, that house the seats of government, we've been to those buildings. We've seen them, the museums. 
And so as you walk up the steps of the building, which houses the Supreme Court in the Capitol, there's a row of the world's lawgivers at the top of that building, of the Supreme Court building, up at the top. And all those lawgivers, the, the statues and the likenesses of them, are engraved in that building, and they all are centered around one individual. And they're looking, most of them, at this one individual in the middle of all the lawgivers in, of, uh, of the world. You know who that is? It's Moses, holding the Ten Commandments. Why? Because it is from God's Word that we derive our moral, judicial, and civil justice from. And God's Word, as I just said, came from the men of God, the prophets of God. As you enter and walk in to the Supreme Court, into that courtroom where most of the critical, all of the critical issues of life are decided. The two huge oak doors, as you walk into that courtroom, have the Ten Commandments engraved on each lower portion of each door. As you sit in that courtroom, the wall right above where the Supreme Court judges sit is what? A display of the Ten Commandments. It's not the Koran. It's not any other religious artifact uh, sitting up there, but it is the Ten Commandments. We are, our civil laws, judicial laws, based moral laws on the Word of God. You can't get around it. In spite of people trying to destroy that understanding, to bring other other aspects of, of religious faith and beliefs into it. That's not what it's about. There's a sculpture of Moses in the house of, of the Chamber of Congress. There, right in that chamber, Moses is there. You see, the bottom line is what I'm saying. If we, as a nation, as Christians, abandon the judicial, the civil, and moral codes that are based upon the Word of God, then what we are doing is surrendering, not only as a nation, but as a people, our moral high ground and the freedoms that have come because of the Word of God that has enabled us to experience the liberties and freedoms that we have in this nation that usually and probably don't take place anywhere else in the world. The freedoms that we have here we're not being arrested because we call somebody a big, fat, blah, blah, blah. But I guarantee you in Canada they are. Yeah. 
They're being arrested because they call somebody a big fat and talked about their lifestyle. Put them in jail. That's not happening here, is it? Can you imagine how many of us would be in jail? Why aren't we in jail? I'll tell you why. Because of the Word of God and the systems that have been put in place concerning the Word of God. We're able to have the freedoms, whether we like them or not, to say what we want, do what we want, to a certain extent, according to the law, based upon God's Word. That's why we should pray for the Jews, and that's why we should pray for Israel, because everything we have in the United States based upon those codes. And then, closing down, because we pray for Israel and the Jews, we do it because salvation comes to the Jewish people. Comes to the Jewish people, John Chapter 4, verse 21, as our worship team makes their way up. John chapter 4, verse 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. Without the Jewish people, there would be no Messiah. There would be no Son of God. God confirmed that the Messiah would come from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. From the prophets who foretold the coming of the Messiah to Mary, to Joseph, to Jesus himself, to the apostles who took the message of salvation, Jews. You see, God chose the nation of Israel to love and protect because it would be through them that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, would be born. Why do you think there's been such a push since the beginning of time to destroy the people of God? the God who spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. He's our God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are our spiritual fathers. You see, God says to pray for Jerusalem in his word. In Proverbs chapter 122 and verse 6, in Psalms, I'm sorry, Psalms, 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. That's the New King James Version. The NIV Version says it this way. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. And then the New Living Translation says it this way. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. 
You see, when we pray for Jerusalem, when we pray for the Jews, when we pray for Israel, God says there will be a security that comes into our lives. There will be prosperity and blessing that we will experience. This morning, don't be swayed by what goes on through all a lot of the news and, 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 and what's said out there on college campuses, etc. and so on. But look to God's word for your answers. Look to God's word for why you should or should not do things. And when you do that, I guarantee you, without a doubt, you will come to the conclusion of what those things you should do, as I mentioned to them this morning, because they are all from the Word of God and based upon the Word of God and God's promises. Let's go ahead and bow our heads for a few moments.